This is good. I have absolutely loved um, not only preaching on spiritual warfare, but I have, it, it gives me the utmost joy as a pastor to see you guys applying this to your lives. So I'm seeing like little groups of two or three or four getting together and you're like going through some of these steps that I'm talking about. You're applying it, you're praying together and I'm watching individuals get freer and freer and more and more empowered. Like this is how we walk in the victory of Jesus, amen? And so thank you guys for going after it. Thank you for coming along on this journey with me. And just to refresh us, um, the past really the past two months, it has felt like as a pastor, I am getting so much more um, feedback from people's lives where they're experiencing high levels of spiritual warfare. Now, how many of you know that we are in a war, but we don't have to be afraid? We take it seriously, but we don't have to be afraid. And so the church is in an hour where we need to wake up to the reality of the war and the battle that we're in. And so much of the church has just been lulled to sleep, and we, we don't understand um, the spiritual realm at all. And so the Lord is really teaching us and training us to have our senses tuned in to the voice of heaven, to know what is authentic, what is counterfeit, and to know what to do about it when things get in our vision, when we're focused on Jesus, we're focused on the kingdom, we're focused on teaching, we're focused on living as those who are alive in Jesus. But when the enemy comes in the way, we know what to do about it. And we know how to apply the blood of Jesus to situations and circumstances and to see those things bow at the name of Jesus and removed from our lives by the power of the gospel. Someone say amen. amen. So we're, we're learning this, aren't we? We're learning, we've gone through what our authority is as believers. I, I, I love watching you guys be, be kind of like, have your eyes open to like, this authority is in me, what? This is nuts. I can pray for someone and see healing. I don't have to be a super Christian for 12 years. No, there is no junior Holy Spirit. There is no little morsel of the Holy Spirit. When you say yes, you have all of God who wants to move through all of you. And so if you have given your yes to Jesus 30 minutes ago, you can see the power of Jesus move through your life. And so this is, this is the empowered life of knowing Jesus being in him and watching him move through your life. This is life in the kingdom of God. And we get to see the ever expanding rule and dome, the domain of the kingdom extend as we step forward in different spheres and watch Jesus influence those spheres. So we are not those who are shrinking back. We are not those that will be disengaged. We will not be those that live life like we're on a playground, but we are those who are, are fixed on Jesus and know we're in a battleground and we take our stand. Amen? All right, let's dive in. This morning, I want to preach about shifting spiritual atmospheres. Let's read again from Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Not in your own strength, not by mustering it up, but the strength of the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a touch sleepy today because we just ministered in San Diego last night, got in late, and this morning I pop my head off that pillow and I go, the strength of the Lord be activated. <laughs> I need some extra grace. And you know what? He's given it to me. 
More Lord, more Lord. Some of you are a little sleepy in the room. Just rub your eyes and say, more Lord. That's right. Get the crusties out. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Stand against what? Against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Some of you are like, no, I, I for real am wrestling against my boss right now. <laughs> Absolutely. He's really annoying and he's an angry, angry man. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood. I know, but my, my, my dad has been a nightmare my entire life. He's the issue. He's the reason that I'm screwed up. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So is, is the enemy, is the problem, are we wrestling against the people in our lives that are causing issues? Or are we wrestling against something else? We are wrestling against the schemes of the enemy. We are wrestling against the authorities, cosmic powers over the present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so though that individual that is causing you pain might truly be causing you pain, it is because they have partnered with areas of spiritual darkness. They are not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. And so we have to crank our love up crank up our love glasses and look a little differently at situations and circumstances. And we get to see with a new perspective. And so we're going to look a little further into that new perspective today. Included is, in this is the spiritual atmospheres that we are not, not to sink into or partake in, but we are called to go into places and transform environments that we are placed in. Any environment that the Lord has placed you in, that is your assignment to transform it. You are not just the thermometer. You are not a thermometer that's like, it's real hot in here. I don't know what to do. It's really painful. It's hot in here or it's really cold in here. Oh my gosh. What are we going to, I don't know. I'm suffering in this environment. We are not just the thermometer. You are called to be the thermostat. You change the environment around you. That's what you're called to be. So rather than be a victim to our environments, we are called to learn how to come and, and overcome those things and not let that affect us. But you don't understand, it's so toxic. My, my boss is literally the spawn of Satan. <laughs> you do not understand, Tommy. That's easy for you to say, pastor. But I got to tell you, we are going to be those who go back into situations, even starting tomorrow, and we're going to have a new perspective. And we're going we're gonna to know the authority that we have in Christ, and we're not going to be victims any longer. And so here we have in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 20, this is like the classic spiritual warfare passage in the New Testament, putting on the full armor of God. Now, remember, this doesn't mean that, that every single morning you're like, oops, I forgot my belt of truth today. What am I going to do? I'm susceptible to Satan. It means that this is the life in Jesus that we get to live. And he's like, let me call this to remembrance for you, that this is who you are in Christ. Let's, let's, not, grow, um, let's not grow dim. Let's not grow a little bit faded in our faith, but we're supposed to arise as warriors in the Lord. All right? 
And so here, this passage gives us some keys of how to do so. And so we're going to be looking at some other scriptures as well. Here's my question for you to start off with. Have you ever walked into a room or into a space and all of a sudden you feel depressed and really heavy? And you're like, I think I was pretty good before, but I just walked into that space and something just overcame me. Have you ever woken up grumpy in the morning and it wasn't for a specific reason? You might be picking up an atmosphere that isn't yours. Or it could be a specific attack of the enemy. Now, this is easier said than done at times. You, you might feel super pumped. You're like, I'm going to go pray at my friend's house. I even brought my anointing oil, brother. We're going to see them healed, set free, delivered, and we're going to find five neighbors and save them too. It's going to be a great day. So you're pumped up. But the moment you walk in that door and you sit down and you get a drink, all of a sudden that confidence, that faith starts to trickle away. And you start to have kind of thoughts within five minutes of sitting there like, I think this person's too screwed up. <laughs> you might have come under their atmosphere of, you can't help me, I'm too messed up. There's nothing you can do. But you didn't come in with that, did you? What do we do with these feelings? How do you keep the spirit realm from tossing you all over the place? I remember when I was up doing some more school in Reading at Bethel, um, there's a school there, a uh, ministry school, and the, the head guy over this ministry school would talk with us because there would be different conferences that come in, and with conferences comes a lot of individuals carrying what they carry, not all the time really good things. <laughs> and so in, the, in this atmosphere... In, in this kind of spiritual climate, so to speak, it starts to get kind of swirly. And you start to have sometimes a little bit like, why was worship not as powerful as usual? Why, why am I having kind of funny thoughts? Like it feels swirly in the environment. And a lot of people that were picking up on this um, were kind of blaming it. Ugh, another conference. Oh, what are we supposed to do about this? And so this guy, Chris Valentin, says to us, Hey, y'all, you need to arise in your authority and shift the atmosphere. You are not a victim to, to individuals coming in for a conference. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Shift the atmosphere. So we need to figure out how to be those that can shift the atmosphere. There might be times here on a Sunday or in your home group or in your Bible study, and you're like, this atmosphere is funky and not funky fresh. This is just a little smelly. Are you going to just be a victim and you're like, oh, I cannot wait for 9.15. I'm going to go home and get out of this place. Or are you going to be one that's like, all right, God, how are we shifting this atmosphere? How are we shifting this? All of a sudden, you move from being a victim to being a victor. And you know the authority that you have. And you're connected with heaven and you know what to do about it rather than just let a little time pass and be a victim. Making sense? So I hope that we can learn, A, to understand and discern what we're feeling, and then B, understand that we have the authority to do something about it. In Proverbs 25, 28, we can put that up. It says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. 
NASB says, another translation says, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. So somehow we need to learn to rule our spirit. Walls are usually referred to as, as negative. You know, you hear about a girl that's on a date with a guy and you're like, he just had so many walls up. So many walls. We were having spaghetti and I couldn't even get into his heart, whatever it is. Like walls are kind of like a bad thing usually. But here, walls are a fortified good thing because it's keeping you from the harm of the enemy. And even in the message, it kind of expands on that and says it's like not having windows and doors. It's not having these like loose places, but you're actually fortified. And so we desire that we all learn how to flow and operate in these ways so that we are strong against every attack that comes. So step number one, step number one, how do we shift a spiritual atmosphere to see heaven touch earth rather than the influence of darkness influencing us. How do we do that? How do we see heaven touch earth? Number one, we discern. The first step is to discern the atmosphere. We have to open our belief system that we may be walking into something that is bigger than you and just your inner thoughts and emotions. What is discerning? Discerning is kind of in layman's terms. It's the ability to perceive what is happening and to get a spiritual guidance and understanding. Discerning is able to see what is true and what is counterfeit. Did you know that when individuals are, are trained in banking, they are given authentic bills over and over and over again? Just authentic currency. It's in their hands. They're, they're, they're moving it around. They're touching it. And they have them train the authentic over and over again. So much so that when they throw in a counterfeit bill, they know immediately that that thing is counterfeit because they are so used to the authentic. This is called discernment. And discernment in the kingdom is that we know the Lord. We know his word. We've been in the word. We, we know how to operate in the spirit so that when someone comes up to you and gives you a little interesting prophetic word, even maybe with a Bible verse attached to it, you go, I feel a little bit of a counterfeit bill. Because you're so familiar with the voice of the Lord. You're so familiar with his voice through scripture. You're so familiar to to know how the Father operates in our lives. Discernment helps us see what is true and what is not. You tracking with me? Who wants a little discernment in your life upgraded? We need it. We need it in this hour, don't we? Step number one, discern. Um, How many people here have an idea that you are a feeler? Does anyone know this term, feeler? That's a good number of people. I would expect in the city of Los Angeles with so many artists and creatives, honestly, if you're an artist and creative, 99% chance you're a feeler. (laughs) Because those emotions and that, that spiritual sense is directed into your art form. And it's really powerful. But as creatives, you you can feel when there's a gloomy day, can't you? You feel it a little more than a normal person because you're a feeler. Some of you are like, I don't know if I like being a feeler. (laughs) Well, I'm going to talk about being a feeler as a positive because that is a gift of discernment. Okay? 
What really helps is to connect with other individuals that are also those who would, would be feelers as well, and to be able to kind of chat it through with them, have an, a, a, a place that is safe where you can discuss what's going on. And secondly, it really helps to bring it into the light that, hey, this is just the thing that I'm feeling right now. Now, a lot of this teaching is from a woman named Donna De Silva. She is up at Bethel, one of the creators of Sozo Ministry, which is both in a freedom kind of uh, session that you can book, and uh, they have them around Southern California. You can do it online. Um, it's called Sozo Ministry. Sozo is a Greek word for salvation, but it's a word that also means salvation um, in your mind, body, soul, and spirit, complete salvation in the Greek. And so this is kind of a, a form of um, freedom in your life and being set free. So anyway, side tangent from Donna De Silva, but she writes and speaks a lot on shifting atmospheres. And she says that every time um, this, this band that would have a movement called Jesus Culture, they had a lot of youth that would come for these conferences. And every time the Jesus culture would come for a conference, there would be for a number of weeks leading up to it, a, a fight against holiness and purity. And people would have sexual thoughts and there would be a sexually charged atmosphere for about a week or two leading up to this conference. And I, I say that probably wouldn't be surprising because you've got all these young people that are probably trapped in all sorts of all sorts of things related to that. But it was creeping into the atmosphere, or trying to creep into the atmosphere. And, um, and, and so they would have these weeks and the atmosphere would be charged before, beforehand. And, and some of us, I already had talked about this a little bit, how we actually are not meant to be victims to it. But some of us kind of know what she's talking about because there'll be events around Los Angeles I mean, we just had a month of pride here in LA, and I can't tell you about the number of individuals that came to me with having a, a higher than normal sexually charged month, just because it's in the air. It's, it's just charged in the air of Los Angeles. And so we just have to be real with it sometimes, don't we? And realize that these are some things in the atmosphere that we are combating against. And so what are we supposed to do about it? Do we just try to make it through the month or do we actually try to engage with what God wants to do and bring a solution to it? Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't feel anything like that ever. Good for you. <laughs> but it's helpful. It's actually helpful for you to know how to relate to those who are feeling it. And some of you are like, oh good. Oh my gosh, I thought I was going crazy. And the enemy wants to get you into condemnation rather than being the opposing force. It's an incredibly vulnerable thing to open up about this because if you open up yourself about this, it, it could be about making yourself like, maybe I'm not a good Christian. You know, I'm having these, these irrational thoughts. What's going on with me? These feelings, I just feel like I'm not a steady believer. So another thing that's helpful is to let people speak into your life, those relationships that you have, that, that when you are not able to see it, they are able to speak it. Like, hey, Tommy, I, I'm just sensing something's a little bit off with you. There's kind of like a heaviness that I'm, that I'm sensing. What's going on? Like, is that something that we can pray through? Like, like why don't we go after that together? Yeah. 
And so another reason that community and having those kind of relationships are so important, to sharpen each other. I mean, I've got family members here that do that with me. Um, my, my best friend Josh back here does that with me. Like if, if I'm feeling heavy or funky, we call each other and say like, hey, would you, would you mind praying with me? I, I don't know what's going on here. And sometimes you're so caught up in the swirl of it that you're not able to find the words or even know how to pray into a situation. That's where we can pull on each other and um, be that much more victorious. Amen? So open up with your, with your people. We got to go after this together. All right, with this first step of discerning the atmosphere, in Hebrews chapter 5, um, I love this passage. It's all about like Jesus as the great high priest, and it moves into this section where it's talking about the difference between food, the difference between milk, that's for little infants, and the difference between meat, which is those who are in maturity and they can, they can feast upon something that is, is um, sturdier, meatier, something that is, is full of revelation and power. Now, I love this in Hebrews 5, starting in verse 14. It says, but solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Do you see that? Solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So there's two things here I want to point out. One, you get to practice training your senses. This also means that in training, you're not always going to get it right. And that's okay. Number two, this means that you must be able to sense or have powers of discernment or you wouldn't be able to train them right? And so this is a really practical tool. I want to I get us to start to practice um, and, and move into more maturity in this way. So something practically you can do is called check yourself at the door. It's called check yourself at the door. When you go into a new environment, you go into a new store, you go into a new house, you're visiting someone, you go into a new city, check yourself at the door. How, is, how am I feeling right now? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good, nothing, nothing out of the norm. You walk into a place, do a little bit of a, a body check. What's going on? Do you have any different emotions that are coming at you? Is there anything that you can train your spiritual senses to discern between good and evil? You tracking with me? You can check yourself at the door. Um, you know, you walk into Trader Joe's and you're like, I was doing pretty good, but all of a sudden I got a little knee pain. Is that, is that me? Did I, did I turn aisle three and twist something? I was reaching up for those peanut butter cups, you know, the dark chocolate ones. Just a little, little twinge in my knee as I was re- reaching. It was within my reach, but with it, not within my grasp, and then twist. No, I didn't have that. That did not happen, getting the peanut butter cups. So maybe, just maybe, someone around me needs prayer for their knee. I don't know. I haven't done this before. Tommy's up there talking about these words of knowledge thing. Maybe I should try it out. Like, hi. Hi, I know this is odd. Um, Do you happen to have knee pain? (laughs) You know, you step out. You start to see Jesus move in these different ways. It's checking yourself at the door. All right. You doing okay? Doing good? Tracking? So um, you go to a new climate, you walk into a store, how are you doing now? Uh, last night, I mentioned we went to San Diego. When we, when we started um, crossing into San Diego, um, I noticed, 
because I was actually praying, like, what are you wanting to do tonight, God? And I noticed that I had this sense. Now, this probably was just an irrational thought or I was picking up on the atmosphere. I had a sense of, I don't really feel like doing this tonight. I don't, I don't actually know if I really want to be going to this thing. I don't know if I really want to worship and lead this. And I just remember having these thoughts as I was driving. And I caught myself because I'm like, I never think that. <laughs> I, I mean, rarely do I think that. It's like, I was like, okay, I don't think this is me. And then as soon as I realized that, I heard the phrase, and I almost saw it in my vision, like apathy, just really big, apathy. And the Lord was like, this is a regional thing I want you to go after tonight. I was like, okay. So my, 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 my sensing, I could have thought that I was just being discouraged. I could have just thought I was tired or whatever it is. But through pressing into it, training my senses, I was able to hear from the Lord what he actually wanted to do and to sense what's happening in the environment. And in a way, I literally felt how people probably feel engaging with the Lord. I don't really want to be here. Kind of that, that dim kind of like, eh, I don't even really want to be at this thing, right? Yeah. That apathy. And so then in prayer that night, I went after that specifically. And I said, all right, we're, we're going to go after apathy. And we asked for the solution of heaven and how God wanted to minister to the people of the land that struggled with that. Because the Lord always has a solution. I was able to discern and then bring heaven's perspective. All right. Step number two, take authority over it. Genesis 4, verse 5 through 8. Let's read this together. This is the story of Cain and Abel. These are the children of Adam and Eve. And it says in verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 5, uh, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Now, a little, a little to kind of recap bringing up here. The Lord had asked for a specific offering Abel gave to him what the Lord had asked of him. He was obedient, but Cain was not obedient. And so this is what happened with Cain's disobedience. For Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, you will not be accepted. And if you did, do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. You got to rule over those feelings. The temptation was coming at him, crouching at his door. The temptation to sin, the temptation to disobey, the temptation to respond with anger towards his brother, the temptation to literally murder his brother, the spiritual climate was pressing into that moment and he had an opportunity to look at what was crouching at his door and to rule over it. But instead, he partnered with it. And Cain murdered his brother Abel. It ruled over him and he gave in. We have the ability to check ourselves at the door, to discern it, to have an opportunity to partner with this thing or to not partner with this thing. If sin and that temptation is coming at you, you have the ability to say, exercise your authority and say, you know what? I didn't walk in with this and I am not partnering with you today. 
and I will send you back. Hey, this temptation of rage and anger, I see you. Call it out. I see you. And I am not partnering with you, and I send you back in the name of Jesus. By the power of the blood of Jesus, go back to where you came from. You just deflect those fiery darts of the enemy. Fortify those walls. Live in that protection of the Lord. I do not receive what is coming at me. I see you, and I send you back. You can say that over and over in in, in the name of Jesus. All right? Rather than come under the world's atmosphere, take authority over them. How do you do this? By releasing the opposite. We, we've mentioned this verse several times, James 4, 7. This is a great one to memorize. Submit to God. Do you know what submit means? It means to give yourself to his leading, obedience, yieldedness, to not be resistant and rebellious, but to submit to him. Then resist the devil because you have that authority, that covering, that protection of the Lord. Resist the devil from that place of obedience and strengthen the Lord, and he will flee from you. That is authority found in the name of Jesus. So now we have this understanding. Why is this helpful? Why is this a gift to us? Well, it's helpful to understand what we're fighting against, and you can really pray into the change and find what heaven wants to release in its place. When I first moved to Los Angeles, it's been, set, uh, it's been eight years now since I moved to LA, and uh, I first landed in Toluca Lake area, and I remember going to different coffee shops, and I had lived in Chicago prior for a while, and so I was very familiar to like urban settings, but I would walk into a coffee shop, and it would feel like every eye was turned towards me. I'd walk in, I'm like, whoa, everyone's in the middle of the work, and they just look up. Now... When you're in Burbank or Toluca Lake, that might be the case because there's a bunch of starving artists that want to make a connection. But but there's also a a spiritual climate in this city of major insecurity, major isolation. And so this thing of insecurity and isolation was hitting me. And it it didn't take me a long time. It took me about four weeks where I could feel that thing. I I dealt with it. But I was like, whoa, this is serious. I could feel that insecurity and isolation coming at me. Um, And I believe walking through that gave me a new, fresh authority in this region to do the opposite. Because I intentionally connected to heaven. I said, okay, Lord, I'm feeling these things. I know this is not me. This is the land. This is the land right now. I'm not going to partner with these things. What's your perspective? And so he started speaking to me, and he's like, extreme hospitality. I was like, extreme hospitality? That's interesting. And so all of a sudden, I started going to different house parties. And rather than walking into the house party and being like, who am I going to talk with? Oh, I don't know anyone here. This is kind of awkward. I guess I'll get a drink. Maybe I'll go to the bathroom really quick. You guys know the drill, how it works. You know, you're kind of like, I'm on guard because you're self-focused. Sorry. Um, So I flipped that sucker. I said, I'm not going to be self-focused. I'm going to start believing what heaven says. Heaven says, everyone wants to talk with me because I carry Jesus. Heaven says, I have extreme hospitality. I'd start being near the front door of places 
like homes that are not mine. Hi, how's it going? Welcome. So glad you made it. Do you need a drink? Do you need a drink? Let's, let's get you a drink. They're like, hey, thank you. And I just start asking questions about them because it's not about me. You know, uh, tell me about life right now. What's going on? Uh, a, a question I like asking is like, what, what's the ultimate right now? Like, what are, you, what are you going after? Just ask good questions and you don't have to be in this place of insecurity and like, it's all about me and I'm a victim at this party. And people love good questions. Just, this is all you got to learn today, guys. Ask great questions. And I swear to you, like, the trust that comes from just being a person that actually cares, like giving a moment of the ministry of presence to someone, they can sense that. And Jesus will move through you and it opens all sorts of good doors of opportunity. And so we move from being a victim to a victor. And all of a sudden, we start, we start making friends with people that five minutes ago, you know, they probably thought you lived there. But, you know, you're just being hospitable. I don't know. <laughs> So it's a shift. It's a kingdom shift. And that was what the Lord gave me as a key. Okay. Um, I just want to wrap with going back to Ephesians chapter six. And I love this because Paul is urging people. He, know, he knows that this, that this life can be very tough. The, the New Testament church was going through extreme persecution, which by the way, every time throughout history that the church goes through persecution, it rapidly grows. But Paul's speaking to them. He knows. He knows that there is a glory in, in giving your life for the sake of the gospel. But he's saying, in your weariness, stand. In your weariness, I want you to keep standing. And, and let's read this together, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Oh, you're going to actually read it with me. Great. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it out loud. Verse 10, here we go. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We're going to jump to 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I should have had you stand up. That missed opportunity. <laughs> stand therefore. No. We'll do it later. Stand in your spirit, everyone. <laughs> stand. Prophetic declaration. He will partner with you. He says to stand. But I'm tired. My back is hurting. Stand. I love that he, there, there's so much prophetic symbolism, the belt of truth. You know, he, 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 loves, he loves speaking our language. Part of knowing truth is rightly discerning the atmosphere. I'm able to rightly discern between good and evil. And the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you discern and to walk in truth. It's the belt of truth. We got the breastplate of righteousness. No matter what comes across your grid, no matter what's flashing before your grid, let's say you walk into something and you start thinking sexual thoughts. There's a temptation to beat yourself up in that temptation, but you haven't even given into it. 
It's just a temptation flashing across your grid. And I can't believe that I'm thinking that. I can't believe it. But I have the righteousness of Christ and I can say no to these thoughts. This is not who I really am. And I'm giving into Christ. I'm not giving into this temptation. And I release you, Jesus, to be my righteousness. And so all of a sudden you speak. You spirit of lust, I see you and I send you back where you came from in the name of Jesus. We don't have to be victims of what's coming and flashing over our grid. You are not helpless. Next, we got peace. Peace. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Romans 16.20. The God of peace. He doesn't say the God of mighty fire and roaring power. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under his feet. Peace crushes the work of the enemy. Remember Jesus in the middle of the the storm that was freaking out a bunch of fishermen that would have lived half their lives on choppy waters. This must have been real choppy, okay? Major storm coming in because they're freaking out on the boat, but Jesus is in the back of the boat sleeping. So they wake him up frantic. Jesus, what are we gonna do? We're gonna all die. He's sleeping and confidently and peacefully he gets up and speaks to the winds and the waves and they obey him. Peace be still. If you're going to be someone that speaks peace to tumultuous weather, you got to be one that has peace living within you. That peace takes root and becomes a lifestyle so that when the choppy waters come, you know what to do about it. Bill Johnson says, you have authority over any storm that you can sleep in, but it requires faith and peace to have a fruit of that kind of faith. Um, this guy, Dirk Davidson, would, would meet with me for years, and, and he spoke to me um, over and over again. I'd hit different areas where my peace was lacking, and he has this kind of booming voice. He's, he's, a, he's a smarty pants from Harvard, business guy, and he'd always go, Thomas, where is the shalom? Where is the shalom? So it, already, it always rings in my ears when I'm, like, freaking out about something. Where is the shalom? Now it's going to ring in your ears, hopefully. Because we are making all sorts of decisions from no shalom, no peace. And when you don't have peace, you are in fight or flight, and you can't even access the part of your brain that is creative when you're in fight or flight. And so we make horrible decisions. We have to get into the place of authority of peace and then operate from peace. And we have that portion. We have that ability because the prince of peace dwells within your heart. I want us now to read from from a little thing from this guy, Randy Clark. We're going to put this up on the screen. There we go. Now, um, this is a way that we can activate faith because we're talking through the, the shield of faith now. And we can begin to declare who our God is. And if you're lacking faith, you start to engage with faith. Start pulling on the faith of Jesus. Start pulling on truths. And so we're going to speak this out. Let's actually read this together. Ready? Can we stand? Oh, there we go. Thank you. Let us stand. 
If you can no longer stand, stand. If you cannot see over another's head, stand taller. Do not stand on the Ikea chairs, please. No lawsuits in Jesus' name. Are you ready? I am a child of the King. I am a co-heir with Jesus. Everything Jesus bought and paid for is my inheritance. I am united with Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ. I died with him. I was buried with him. I was raised with him. I am seated with him in the heavenlies, far above all rule, all power, all authority, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Therefore, I carry the authority of Christ. I have authority over sickness, over sin, over the flesh, over demons, and over the world. Someone say hallelujah. 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 I was testing you. There's more. <laughs> Ready? Part three. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I will displace the darkness. I have the full armor of God. For the weapons of my warfare are not fleshly. They are divinely powerful to tear down the strongholds of darkness. I can do all things through Christ because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Okay, now you can say hallelujah. Amen. I don't think there's another one. Okay. It's good, right? You carry the Spirit of God. You do not have a minuscule Holy Spirit. He doesn't get bigger the more spiritual you are. You carry an atmosphere shifter, and you can release it by your presence because of this partnership. And so we can pray in the Spirit. You can, you can literally lean into Him and let Him pray through you. When you don't know what to pray, let Him flow through you. When you, when you have discerned correctly, you can say, I am not taking this thing back home with me. I am not letting this be a partnership that I'm taking a part of. No, I see you and I'm sending you back. No enemy, this is my land that you are trespassing on. Do not partner with it. It is not a part of your wall like Proverbs we spoke about. The enemy cannot penetrate. The Lord has given us a hedge of protection. He encamps around us. He is our strong tower that we run into away from harm. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And so I will leave an atmosphere of goodness and mercy because that follows me every single day. And we are able to practice and to learn what the word says and to master this. So I wanna end with a ministry moment. How many of you have felt that you are a city without walls? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have felt like you are a city without walls? And right now, I just want you to place your hand over your heart. We can all do this together. Is 
And God, we ask right now that you would come to those places that have felt unprotected and that you would come and break off any sense of helplessness and um, defenselessness and to release over us right now your strength. And so right where you're at, just in your spirit, hand over your defenselessness to him. Hand that over to him even right now. See, he's answering. (laughs) Hand it over to him right now. And we have a God that always trades up. There's always that divine exchange. And some of you have said, like, I don't want to feel anymore. But that has been the very thing that has been keeping, keeping you and, and helping you bring right discernment. And so right now, God, I pray for a, a fresh perspective of being able to feel and discern and to sense what you're doing. I ask for a sensitivity I ask for that authority that we've been talking about over the past weeks, that it would arise within us so that when things do come across our grid, when things do come at us, we know how to discern and we know what to do about it. And we know that by the power of Jesus and by his blood, we can take authority over different things that are coming at us and send it back and to know what to do um, from a heavenly perspective and to bring real change in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.